welcome to Unanthropologetic. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm here with Fleck. Fleck whoa. I'm here Connor? with Impressed. You're here with who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mona. I'm I, exactly. You're here with fuck, fucking Preston. What, what was what was the word that you were? You said fucking. <laughs> There's an L in there. Fucking. So. <laughs> I'm a chicken. Thank you. Okay. I cluck. They, they cluck. But if you, but if you were like saying, you know, that fucking clucking chicken, then fluck would be the word. I would think you would use. Okay. Well, I'm here with flexing Preston. Um, I don't even hit the same anymore, Mona. I know. It's just, it's, I'm so it's, sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's your boy Preston on the ones and twos. <laughs> Whoa, low. That was low energy. Was it because I said No, uh, low energy, low key. Like, that's just where I am. Like, I am feeling super Drake. Um, I'm in my emotions. Um, I've cried literally like three times within the past seven days. Um, Is it over anything specific or? I mean, ugh, um, ugh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so over it. Like, I feel like I've been talking about it all week. Um, but honestly and truly, like, my job is sucking the life out of me right at the moment. Uh, and it's just not giving what it was supposed to have gave. It is not the tea. It's not good. Um, I love being a manager, but being a practice manager is very challenging. And so but, it's just not a challenge that you like, or is it just, it? Is it just like... I don't know. Like, is there anything specific? Like, will it change or is this just how it's going to be? Um, I'm like, I have the, um, the pay, I hate saying it this way because I got into healthcare to help people. Right. Like, and that was why I got into public health and making a difference in the health, uh, in the lives of people and their health. Um, I just feel like, the patients wane on me a lot because a lot of the job is customer service, right? It's like mm-hmm. scheduling patients, getting them in to see the doctor. Um, but I feel like this past week, especially, I bent over backwards to like accommodate, you know, a few patients and they still were unhappy. They still yelled at me. One patient called me a terrible manager. Um, and he was like, you're terrible, like you're horrible at your job. Like they need to fire you. Um, and it was all because I just did not give the patient what the patient wanted, right? Like I didn't, I wasn't rude to him. I didn't say anything mean to him. I didn't, you know, I didn't cuss him out. I wasn't degrading. <laughs> um, but because he didn't hear what he wanted to hear. And people are so bold over the phone. People are bold over the computer. They have those Twitter fingers, um, like my dude Drake said. And um, I've just had enough. I'm over it. So, like, 
at this point, it's like F everybody, F everything. Um, yeah, and I'm like, you know, I'm over it. So I'm feeling super mundane. Um, Sounds like you need a vacation. I need I need a whole nother, like, I'm about to just quit. And then, like, pursue my social media career. Because at this point, I am tired. I'm tired. I mean, I support the social media career. Being in this world for like this. So you guys, we're recording this later in the evening after a long day of work. Y'all just heard this, the deepest yawn. um, (laughs) Because they are really working your boy. I am being worked, worked. And I just feel like I do need a break. But like, am I supposed to take a break every week? You know, like. I already took a break, you know, oh, two weeks ago. I took a day off and I just slept at home. But it's like, do I need to take another day? Like every, do I just need to build it in every two weeks, take a day? Yeah, if that's what works for you. But I mean, I don't know. Burnout is not worth it. Like that's something that I'm learning now. Um, and it kind of sounds like you're burnt out. And I am idealistic, but I also like, because of that, believe that you should enjoy what you do every single day. And if you're not enjoying it, you need to get out and go find something that you do enjoy doing every day. Um, Because like, I mean, we talked about this in the last episode, like maybe there's something in the environment that isn't supporting you also supporting Mm -hmm. you going through this. Cause if you're, if you're getting yelled at and stuff like that, like there has to be something to counter counterbalance that right within your work, within your workplace. Um, Maybe. But (sighs) how are you mama? Honestly and truly I have been sitting here thinking about myself (laughs) over the last few days and I'm exhausted and I'm exhausting my own self. Mm -hmm. So how are you? Maybe you're having a better time. (laughs) I, I'm doing okay right now. You know, I think life is just waves. Like you have these highs and then you have these lows, but I'm on a high right now. Um, Mm. my school just started back up. We're in person at Temple. They're mandating the vaccine for everyone. Um, I don't know how they're reinforcing that though. Uh, I hope none of my students are listening to this because, uh, I don't know if they knew that or like thought about that, but if you're one of my students and you're listening to this, go get vaccinated. Um, absolutely uh, why aren't you vaccinated at this point honestly, yeah truly. yeah if you're in a public health course you should be vaccinated um Mona can't shame you but I will <laughs> um but yeah so I'm excited about that I'm excited about my classes uh I do like part of me is fully terrified of the fact that we're in person but part of me is actually really enjoying it like Um, I had been kind of bummed my first year of school that like, you know, everything was remote. I wasn't getting to live this like college experience. I wasn't getting to experience Temple campus. Um, And it's like, you know, the first day with all the students on campus, I actually like felt really overwhelmed and wanted to cry because I, Mm -mm. I don't know, like, I don't know what overcame me. It was just, uh, it was just like maybe it just felt weird. I think it just felt weird to suddenly see all these people on this campus that has only been barren every single time I've been on it. Um, so was it tears of joy or being overwhelmed? I don't know. Honestly, I think it was like both like, like, why are we in person? But also, yes, I'm glad we're in person. I feel, I feel very conflicted about that because, um, 
every, like a lot of, a, a, a good portion of me loves kind of this sense of normality, normality, normalcy, normalcy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Normalcy. No, I'm not, not, not. Normality. I, I know what you're saying. I don't know why I can't say it now, right? I don't know like, what I'm saying. <laughs> Something wrong. You hear normal. Say it wrong. I can only hear the wrong way to say it. No, normalcy. Normalcy, Norm- right? Normalcy. Uh, but like, I I love that. I'm really glad. I'm really I'm I'm happy about that because I do feel like that's one thing that I've been robbed of in my PhD. Um. But again, like we are still in the middle of a pandemic, there's this Delta variant and uh, a huge part of me wants to stay remote because of that. But so wait, is it normalcy or normality? Because I low-key use my good friend Google and Google, I typed in normalcy and she corrected it to normality, but then it says the noun is normalcy. Yeah, so it would be a noun. I think normality is a statistical term. Normality is the condition of being normal, the state of being usual, typical, or expected. Well, (laughs) ain't nothing over here normal, okay? (laughs) Everything is lit over here. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, the, one of those words, if you're, if you're listening, you should comment on our ratings and let us know what the right word is and leave us five stars. Um, and yeah. Yeah, do all that, do all that, do all that. Um, or just correct me, you know, in my DMs, I don't know. I'm sure you're going to have someone who's like, I studied literature for, <laughs> for, to 18 years and it's actually I no, feel like this is something that I've been like saying over and over again but I feel like with every year of school that I take on my grammar my ability to text all of that has gone down the drain like I don't know I don't I'm know. regressing um but anyway your brain yeah, is like, how I'm doing your brain is like shrinking mm-hmm maybe it's like expanding for like public health things well i wonder if it's like throwing out information because it needs to store new information oh absolutely i believe that like our mac computers do when do they update or something i don't know (laughs) well well, i need steve jobs and his team um Rest in peace. But I need them to get it together because you you know you do an update and all of a sudden all of your devices start running slower. Yeah, I, and yes. it's just it's disgusting. Ugh. Yeah. Yes. But let's get into this week's topic. Um, so I want to start by asking you, Preston, what are your pronouns? Hmm. So that's a good question. And I've kind of gone back and forth with it because, and I, I mean, it's no secret on this show. I've always talked about my gender identity and mm-hmm. the spectrum, like gender, the gender spectrum. Um, so where I have landed, because if someone calls me she, her, it doesn't feel like it connects to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely feel like my pronouns are he, him mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. But I think, you know, especially in, like, gay terms, 
you know, when people refer to me as like girl or sis, which are relatively feminine, you know, terms, um, I embrace and accept all of those. Mm -hmm. So I don't necessarily want someone to be like, yeah, you know, Preston, she is over there doing X, Y, Z, she, that feels weird. They, them um, could be a close second, but I feel like even though they and they, them feels more in tune with truly how I see myself, I find it to be very complicated for people to wrap their head around. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I should dim my light or dim anything about me to appease them. But since I don't feel so connected to it, mm-hmm. um, I've just chosen not to to go down that path. Yeah. And so do you feel connected to he, him? So I feel most connected to he, him. Okay. Um, that is where I have decided. And like, what does that mean for you? Like, so let's like, let's take Preston out of the equation. And if you were to just talk about he, him, what does that mean? Like, does that mean like to me from a societal standpoint, that means like masculine or like someone who identifies as masculine or mm. some characteristic that is masculine or activity that is masculine but is that what it is for you i i i have a thought Mm -hmm. but i low-key kind of want to hear your response to the first question before i go into that one um like (laughs) your first question that you asked you were like what are your pronouns oh okay what are yours so you know i've been thinking a lot about that this summer um just i feel i feel like this podcast has kind of validated me in a lot of ways. And this was like starting probably years ago where certain things, people would say certain things and it felt validating. Um, And I haven't, I wouldn't say I haven't have concretely landed on pronouns for myself. Um, I think I'm leaning towards she, they, not she, her, but maybe she, they. Mm. Um, And, but like, I also met someone who was Mm non-binary or non-conforming, um, through like a dating app (laughs) didn't Mm -hmm. end well um and this is separate from the other person that I was I was just gonna say like wait because you mentioned the date but you didn't like give the girls the tea on the date that person is still on my radar and we will be hanging out soon and I will update um on the date but (laughs) but uh but no this was another person that I was talking to who was um non-conforming well, I think I think they were still in this questioning period, but they were la- they had landed kind of on being non-conforming or non-binary, mm-hmm. and um, they used they them pronouns. But they also said something that I thought was really like um, powerful to like to me. Let me see if I can find it. Um, mm. I like always bring in like these these little anecdotal quotes. Um, so it's use whatever pronouns for me you want, as long as you do so with love, not hate. And um, that's what that's what that person told me whenever we were talking about pronouns within our conversation. And mm-hmm. it, that just always struck with me, stuck with me ever since they told me that because um, uh, it, I don't know, it just, uh, it resonated with me because I don't think, I don't think I would be offended with any pronoun. I feel like, maybe on some level they all fit me um but I do I kind of feel conflicted because I feel like my exterior is always really feminine and 
that's where I struggle. Mm-hmm. So whereas my interior maybe feels more masculine or quote unquote, what we have deemed masculine as a society. So I would say that's why I've landed on she, they. Right. So back to your question um, about how I see or view the pronouns he, him and what that means to me. And I, and you know, honestly, I've never had, no one's ever asked me that question. Um, Because I feel like certain things we have just accepted to be true, Mm -hmm. right? Like we've accepted that, you know, appropriate pronouns are she, her, he, him, they, them. Um, Mm -hmm. And you use them, you know, I guess in the traditional sense. Um, And so for me, he, him, I don't know if I necessarily view it as masculine. Maybe I do. Um, But I feel it, but I feel like it's more of just what I've always gone by. It's as, it's, to me, it is as natural to me as someone calling me Preston mm-hmm. because that's my name. Um, but had I grew up not conforming to a certain pronoun, maybe I would feel different. But I just feel like if someone was to say, again, like I said, like she, her for me, or like, you know, Preston, she's super, you know, cool and she's this and her mom, blah, blah, blah. I feel like that would... <laughs> not aligned with how I view myself. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where I've been like, what I've been thinking about regarding my own pronouns this summer. And I like, I think it's interesting because I think in Philly or at least at Temple, like that's like one of the first things that you learn about another, especially in in school. Like it's one of the first things you learn about another person because everyone's literally starting these icebreakers with what are your pronouns? And I think that's why we talk about it um, Mm -hmm. at least at Temple. Um, but so question because mm-hmm. we I've had this conversation quite a few times in my work settings and most recently I had a little seminar where they talked about um LGBTQ plus um definitions terms how mm-hmm. to connect to your patients xyz um and they mentioned this whole idea of different spectrums mm-hmm. and I wanted to get your thoughts on that like what are your thoughts on, do you believe, A, do you believe that there are different spectrums, like a gender spectrum, a biological um, sex um, spectrum, um, some other sort of spectrum? Do you think that they are different? Do you think they exist on the same plane? What are your thoughts? I mean, I think there's an intersection, of course, but... I don't think that we exist in like kind of, especially our generation. I don't think we all exist or fit into the binaries that were created for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that I do think that there is some form of a spectrum or like some people might argue that it's a gradient, not even a spectrum um, because uh, I mean, I I just think there's variation. And like, I, I was kind of telling you this like anecdotal story about how, um, some of the people that I TA with were like kind of wondering how to, how to approach pronouns. And if someone didn't want to share their pronouns or didn't felt like they didn't have any and what to do then. And like, I kept thinking about like, you know, I, I think it goes along with kind of like what we said earlier about like someone's sexual orientation, where 
I don't necessarily know that there's any one person who's one or the other when it comes to like being gay or straight. Um, I think that it's possible for someone who's gay to be attracted to someone who is of the opposite sex again, in binary terms, um, Mm -hmm. there might be exceptions like, you know, and, um, I think that, yeah, I just think that like, I think that there's a gradient or spectrum for all of these things. Um, and also the other thing that I was kind of thinking about as you were speaking is like in other cultures, they do have more than one or two, um, words or descriptors for these kind of things, you know, so, or multiple, like there, there isn't just two genders or two sexual orientations that are used. There's others, you know, some cultures have like six or seven, some cultures have more than that. Um, I know in a lot of like the native American cultures, uh, there is a lot of, there's a lot more than just like one or two within mm. their, within their dialect, within, within the language. And so I think that this is, again, just like kind of like a Western colonized type of like right. a construct that we all took on. Right. I think that's the interesting piece is that, you know, I don't, I think I was like huh, maybe in college or maybe going into grad school where I started to understand that gender is a social construct, mm-hmm. right? I don't think before then I had any inkling that there were other possibilities than she and he um, mm-hmm. on the spectrum of, of gender. Um, and to your point, you know, there are many other cultures that accept that people live on the spectrum of their identity, their gender identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and they celebrate and embrace it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, you know, that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we struggle a lot because, and which is why sometimes low, key, like this is why I hate conspiracy theories, but I low key believe I am living in a matrix. <laughs> I feel like I am a true, I'm an Asian man who <laughs> wanted to be a black man and I am operating in this matrix because it it truly when you sit and think about it it truly feels asinine to think that we have to fit in these perfectly square boxes mm-hmm. when it comes to how we express ourselves and our gender identity and boys have to play with cars and boys have to play sports yeah. and girls have to wear dresses and and Especially when a lot of these things have changed, like men used to men used to wear heels, but now that's you know not how we live and operate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like the question is like, who created these rules? Who decided that this was this is how it's going to be? Because that's the question I always come back to. Like, and I struggle I struggle a lot with this idea um, because. Again, sometimes I'll be like, oh, that's masculine. That's why I feel masculine. But then I come back to this idea, but like, why is that masculine? Why is it that building muscle is considered masculine? Mm-hmm. When I, as a woman, also enjoy building muscle. So. Yeah, I think, I per- I mean, they. I think the general term, of course, is society. 
But I think Howard, I tend to believe that it kind of transcends in the same way that other trends in culture is created, right? Like we, so for example, I keep sitting here thinking the latest like wave or trend that's happening are these guys, are guys embracing like their butt. Have you seen these like TikTok videos where they're like, oh, I got a dumpy. I have not. And these are like straight men or is it They're just straight men? They're okay. straight men who go to the gym and they're like, yeah, my girl hates it, hates me because my dumpy is larger than hers. And they'll show their butt, right? Wow. How fucking gay. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's, you know, that's where we are. Like, people are appreciating a healthy, juicy butt regardless of your gender and regardless of your sexuality, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like that's the trend that we are seeing and um, that's where we are in our time and place at the moment. And I feel like when it comes to gender identity, a lot of this is shaped and shifted through the ways that we consume information, which is the media. Right. And I, I think there's a lot of validity to that. Um, yeah. I I also think like, I mean, I think this even applies to like sexual orientation because um, I think about like, I have a few friends who, I mean, I guess this would even apply to me as someone who doesn't identify uh, who identifies as queer I guess but mm-hmm. um like when I have been on dates with girls I do get this comment like oh you don't seem gay and I hate it because I mean maybe I'm not gay maybe I'm pan maybe I'm mm-hmm. interested in women or maybe I'm bisexual or whatever it is and but it's like what does gay look like or whatever that is and um I, I've always struggled with it uh yeah I I just like I hate the binaries and I I think that's part of the reason why I don't like labels is because again it just puts you in these binaries um yeah I you know what I've also realized is that like even people within the LGBTQ plus community succumb to these binary um labels mm-hmm. um you know, again, are you a top or are you a bottom? Are you gay? Are you straight? And I just feel like at the end of the day, we, if, you know, people are part of the community, we, if nobody else, should be embracing the idea that labels, you know, hinder you or they they put you in a box. But I think it's, a, it's something that is, it's almost kind of like a human nature thing to categorize Mm -hmm. and label people and put them in one thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like you have to truly ascend to like this, you know, euphoric state of being in order to (laughs) operate outside of those categorical labels. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like, I feel like I don't blame it. Okay. So I shouldn't say I don't, I operate outside of those labels. Cause I feel like I allow people to label me however they see fit. Um, 
and I don't correct them on any of it. Cause it, but honestly, it doesn't matter to me. I think that's why, like, um, that's why, like, whenever the pronoun conversation comes in, comes up, I, I tend to like avoid it, like not even avoid it, but I just, I won't answer the question. Like I won't share my pronouns because, uh, yeah, it just doesn't necessarily matter to me, I guess. Like I, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I'd be offended in any one way if, if someone mistaken me for a he, them, him, whatever it is, her, I just don't think I'd be offended. Do you need a moment? Okay. No, no. <laughs> okay. Um, no. no but I agree. So I, I, uh, I think I would be offended, actually. If someone called you a her, her, or yeah, okay, and that's what I have to like reconcile with, which is why I continue to feel like I don't align with she, her, hers mm-hmm. pronouns. Yeah, because I feel like I don't feel. Like, oh my goodness, they see me when mm-hmm. they, if they were to use those, those pronouns, I think for me, it would feel like, oh, they're trying to pick fun at me because I'm gay. Sure. And, you know, I think that was the other thing that I was trying to like, I've been thinking about a lot because um, when someone chooses their pronouns, I was wondering what that felt like. And so I guess, like, could you describe that to you? Like, why does why does he, him feel more comfortable than she, her, or they, them? I don't know. I mean, it goes back to that second question you asked about, like, why do I connect to he, him mm-hmm. versus she, her? Um, is it because of the mas- the masculine nature of those words? And I, I feel like the only thing I can say is yes. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't, but I feel conflicted in that, in saying yes. Sure. Um, I feel like, but now that, I, I mean, honestly, now that I think about it, it, it has to be that. That's the only, that's the only answer. Yeah. Because when I think of she, her, I'm able to put into, like, I'm able to think through it and think like, okay, she, her is, you know, a feminine term for mm-hmm. us in our society. With that comes a lot of feminine attributes that I don't necessarily connect to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't connect to being a woman. Sure. Because I don't identify as a woman. Mm-hmm. But I do connect to things that are traditionally meant for a woman. Like makeup. Like heels. Like being a bad bitch. Um, <laughs> so like the external things are like, that's maybe where you connect to the feminine, but internally you feel masculine. Right. I feel like my masculinity is, you know, shades of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not just, you know, what society tells us is appropriate for a man. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes back to my other question of just the whole spectrum. And I think once I understood that these are different spectrums or gradients that overlap but are not the same helped me place it a lot better in my head and in my spirit. Yeah. So, you know, so like, 
understanding that gender is a spectrum, like your gender expression is a spectrum. So, you know, you may be masculine or feminine in those traditional sense on each side of the scale. But then in the middle, you have like androgynous or gender queer, um, I think is another term that they use, or being gender fluid mm-hmm. is another word. Um, and that helps me understand that that is separate from like my sexuality, which is, you know, on this straight or gay and then everything in between mm-hmm. bisexual. Um And then that also helps me separate it again from the biological sex of being biologically male, biologically female, Mm -hmm. or some people are biologically like intersex. Mm -hmm. Um, And so understanding that they are all different, but they live within the same, but they can live within the same space helped me identify where I exist. That was so thoughtful, Preston. Well done. Thank you. Oh my <laughs> God. I really be trying to give the girls the information. Yeah. No, that was so, that was like a great breakdown. And like, I think, I think like I, I totally relate on pretty much everything you said because like to me, so this is something that, like I said, this is for me, like my, I wouldn't even say my pronoun journey, just like my journey in self-exploration has like obviously been going on my entire life, but more recently, like within the last maybe five years, mm-hmm. um, there's been like kind of this like constant occurrence of friends commenting on me having this masculine energy. And mm-hmm. like, to me, I have always found that very validating, um, mm-hmm. which I think like, to go back to what you were saying, like, if someone were to maybe talk about, I don't know, you, who you are in, from, from your internal perspective, like, that's why you feel like you identify with he, him. But for me, people commenting on that and the fact that it is validating, or I find it validating is also why I've been like questioning what my pronouns are, even if I really don't care, like, I don't like, it's like, I think it's because everyone expects a label. Like, I don't want to constantly like skirt this question and not know how to answer it because I Mm. I still don't really know how to answer it. Um, But I like, I'm always conflicted with it because I love having this like feminine exterior, but I also love feeling masculine inside. Like, I don't know what to do with that. And I'm okay. I'm like not, and when I say, I don't know what to do. It's like, I don't, I'm not. I'm happy with how it is. Um, I don't really want to change it or try to fit into something else, fit it, make it fit into something else. Um, but again, like when people want these, want, want us to disclose our pronouns mm. like that, I don't know how to answer. Um, yeah. And I think that's okay though. Right. Like I think it's fine to not feel like you are squarely planted in what that pronoun is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people even will say, like, today I feel, yeah. you know, she, her, you know. So, you know, for today, you can call me that. And then tomorrow they may feel differently. Um, and I think that there's no right question. way. Yeah. And so that was another question I had. And I guess you just answered it because, like, I was also wondering if these parts of our identity are allowed to evolve. Like, you know, in 10 years, are we allowed to feel different? And if we do feel different, is that normal? 
I would encourage everyone to explore and and figure out if you need to evolve over the span of 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think, you know, one thing that frustrates me about your girl, Demi Lovato, is that every article that comes out with Demi, she's like, oh, just kidding, y'all. I was... <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I thought I was non-binary, but you know, now I'm feeling more like a she, her. Yeah. And it becomes this big production. And I kind of feel like it's a personal journey. Mm-hmm. So it was like, if Demi would just shut the fuck up and figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't care what, you know, where she landed, but like yeah. for her, it feels very performative. Um, when I feel like for a lot of people who don't have that visibility, um, it is a very um, turbulent process to go through because right. you feel like you don't have, like you don't, you feel like you don't even know yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and that's how I felt this entire summer when I was thinking, like, I, and I don't like, again, I think before I was being asked these questions, like I didn't care. Like I just let it be what it was, but the summer, especially I've been like, thinking about this a lot, but I do agree. I do feel, I do agree that it feels performative, but yeah, I cut you off. What were you going to say? I don't know. I just, but yeah, I just feel like, you know, at the end of the day, it is okay to evolve and to change. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, that was another thing that we talked about, like um, in one of my like diversity, equity, inclusion, classes and trainings is that there are just certain attributes to our to our identity that just won't change right Mm -hmm. um and those are like your primary core things so that would be like your race like you're going to be indian you know i'm going to be black um national without smart your nationality but anywho um, so, the, well, so, I mean, nationality would be like U.S., right? Right, like U.S. or your background, your ethnicity. Yeah. Those are things that like are the same, and yeah. they will never change. Um, I so I mean, I agree with you, but also I just like I had this huge conversation my first semester of like school mm-hmm. and with with my cohort, and race is just like another social construct. Um, in the U.S., we want to label it as Black, White, Asian. Do What are the equivalents if we go to South America? Because everyone there is a fusion of all of those things. And I looked it up and like the demographic variables for people in South America are like yellow, white, Black, brown. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's another thing that like it is a social construct that we as society like set up that, you know, so that, that's a good thing to explore, to think about, because I I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, I understand what you're saying. Um, but I also am conflicted mm-hmm. because, yes, it is a, it is a, a con- like the word itself like what does it mean to be black mm-hmm. what does it mean to be african-american mm-hmm. um the word itself 
to me feels like it, it could change, like language changes. Sure. Like you can't um, change where, where you came from, where your ancestry is from. But right. And so I'm like, okay, so we may not call it this, or we may not call it that, or, you know, it, there might be a, like, so like I'm, I identify as African-American, mm-hmm. but if you did my blood, um, my lineage, then there's way more. Yeah. Um, than just black or African in my bloodline, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I get it. Um, you know the whole idea of social construct, but like I physically cannot change the color of my skin. I guess is where. Yeah, you can't. But what I'm saying, like, okay, yeah, I get what you're saying. But what the thing is, is that if you were to take you and take you out of North America your demographic descriptors would change right the the language yeah the wording right. the words yeah and so <laughs> we can talk about this on another episode um yeah well. I, I would love to hear multiple opinions about that because I hear what you're saying yeah and I and I and I get it because I get it in the same way that I get like gender is a social construct okay mm-hmm. and I think we should talk about this in another episode um but how we operate operationalize race as a demographic is definitely a social construct. Right. Um, so and I that guess makes like, sense to me. Yeah. So, but we should talk about that in another episode because I mean, from a research perspective, this is always really fascinating because in research, we always seem to use white populations as a reference group. And why is that? I don't know. Honestly and truly, now that's bullshit. Now we know that <laughs> that's bullshit. It is, um, it is, but it goes back to like, this, this was mind blowing for me when I first like even realized it. And I just remember like me and the three other girls who are my cohort were literally like in a text thread, like with our minds blown because we had never thought about, we had never thought about like how race is perceived in other countries. Um, it's completely different from the way race is perceived in the U S or in North America even. And it's fascinating. Um, but let's go back to pronouns. <laughs> I know. I feel like I need to do some some <laughs> really deep research so I can come to the episode prepared because you, you're right. It's a big mind fuck, honestly, which is, again, we are in a matrix. I am not. I'm going to die and put that on my tombstone because at the end of the day, it is, it is too, like... These dystopian stories, like the Hunger Games, Divergent, they shouldn't feel like they are happening right before our eyes, but yet they do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's I what I'm like. like I, Hunger Games is about to happen with our last president, but that's just me. Um, honestly. And in particular, the one that is frustrated me the most at the moment is... Um, or the one that I think aligns a lot is the Maze Runner. Have you seen the Maze Runner? Uh, I don't think I have. Is that a book too? It's a book. Yeah, it's okay. a book. They turned into a movie. Both of them are phenomenal. I love the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, long story short, but basically they have these pods around the world where they have put these children or people in different circumstances and situations and they see how they react to them and if they can escape that maze that that whole thing and they have different setups and situations Mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel like 
we're truly in a like the North American pod <laughs> sure. yeah. of the fuck shit we have to deal with. And then it just looks different if you go to like India and colorism that happens there or the UK and the racism that happened in the UK. Yeah. Anywho, that's just me being a, a weirdo, but. <laughs> I want to dive into this. So I think we should do that for one of our next episodes. Um, but I also like you speaking, you mentioning like Demi Lovato. I had another question about like, I feel like we also live in this culture where we have to like announce when we have these realizations or like announce, you know, oh, you know, I am gay. I am um, non-binary, whatever it right. is. Like, what do you think about that? I I think it's just with a lot of things that we do, right? It's like, we just live in a society now where like, if you don't announce it to people, it didn't happen. And <laughs> it's not true yeah. or it's not real. Right. Like if you don't post it on Instagram, it's not happening. And that's why I just feel like, you know, people like Demi, it's like, sis, I respect your journey. I want you to figure out who you are. I want you to love yourself and embrace, you know, all facets of who you are. However, when you're talking about something that is so nuanced and so personal, like your pronoun journey and how you identify, I feel like we have a duty um, as people, as a society, to treat that with care, especially when we are not all on the same page and like people don't get it. Not everybody does. There are people who are willfully ignorant and then there are people who want to get it and they just haven't had the right conversation to spark their understanding, right? But like, I feel like people like Demi, it kind of, I'm not sure she's, or they are taking the care that is needed in explaining how someone could go from identifying as they, them to now identifying as she, her. Mm-hmm. It just feels kind of like, oh, I woke up this morning and I decided this. Mm-hmm. And we live in a society where people already think that you make a choice to be gay. <laughs> you know, right. you make a choice to feel different, um, to be different. And I think that Demi has a platform where they need to be a bit more uh, cautious and careful about how they present information, Mm -hmm. especially about this topic. Do you think that there's a time and place where these like announcements or this announcement culture is appropriate? Time and place? I don't know. What do you think? Because I think like, I think about, um, who is it? Elliot Page, when he, right. you know, told the world that he was transgender. Um, to me, that felt authentic. Um, yeah. And I, I, you know, I, I, I didn't have any like qualms about it. Not that I, not, not, not that my business matters, um, but it just, to me, it felt different with Demi Lovato. Um, and I don't really, I haven't like thought too much about it and I'm not sure why I felt differently. Um, but I think it kind of, you kind of hit it on the head in, the, in that, like, it just seems like, it just seems like there's a lot of 
there's been historically a lot of announcements from Demi Lovato, whereas from Elliot Page, you know. Right. It's like a one and done kind of thing. You know, and it's because again, it's your own journey. So Mm -hmm. why do we outsiders need to be a part of that? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you need to share everything on social media. I don't think you need to share everything to the even the people around you. I think if you have a close group of friends and you know you support each other and you love each other and you want to share things with them, the process, um, go go for it. Absolutely. Um, but Demi just feels like Demi does things in order to stay relevant and to stay, you know, at the top of your mind. Um, you know, because it's always something new. It feels like Demi. What? What? Can you fucking decide what it is you want yeah. us to know about you, or just shut the fuck up? <laughs> yeah, I I agree, and like I hate saying that too because I obviously I want to accept everyone for who they believe they are, like. That sounds terrible too. Who, who they are? I want to accept everyone for who they are, but um, I think I just there is something that feels like not authentic about Demi Lovato, and every time that she's come, they have come forward and said, um, you know, something about their identity. It's been, it just it seems like it's been more for like sensationalizing something. Right. Of, because again, so it's different. Like if she was, if they were at a doing an interview with Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. and Jimmy Fallon's like, okay, so where do you, you know, where, how do you identify today? You know, can I ask your pronoun? Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, today I feel like a she, her. Um, so you know, feel free to say she, her, they, them. Um, I'm just kind of that's kind of where I am right now. You know, then. To me, it's like, okay, we like it's it's understandable. It's a journey, it's a process. Again, I don't expect people to feel one way their entire life. Mm-hmm. But it feels like Demi, it's like it's a tr- it's a true press release. It's like urgent, urgent, mayday, mayday. Demi has something to say. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. And it's like, do we need the fanfare with it? Yeah. Just be yourself, like be who you are and let the things come out naturally. Right. And yeah. And to me, like, I think you also kind of hit the nail on the head is that I just think that um, it's a personal journey. And so like involving millions of people in that is when it gets messy, right? Like where you were to involve like your 10 closest friends or your family or whoever it was, like whatever, the people who are closest to you, then it feels different because um, again, like I will never, I'll probably never meet Demi Lovato in my entire life. Like, you know, that just probably won't happen. And so I don't necessarily see why I need to necessarily be invested or in the know when it comes to their pronouns or their identity. Um yeah. Right. Or put it in the music. Like you have a whole platform uh, and you do albums like like sis, just live your life. And mm-hmm. and I would and I would say that to anybody who not even just cuz I have a friend, I'm um, a few friends who are um questioning you know their pronouns. 
kids and their identity and um and they somewhere you know typically fall within this like non-binary spectrum and and they like i like preston we're so like we want to be like you because you express yourself um you know openly um as you know in a more fluid way um you know and i and i but i know how hard it is for them mm-hmm. and how hard it has been but i even can't even say again once i understood how the spectrums work i can't i don't identify as trans right um i don't identify as a different um uh sex mm-hmm. yeah sex as a different sex um i but if we're talking about gender expression then hell yeah i'm on the the spectrum yeah um so it, it's just it's so again it's just a very convo it's, it can be very complicated and i think you just have to take the time and the care to make sure that you're sending the right message yeah i agree and i think you said this in one of our earlier episodes too that like um that it's like society that makes it harder because again, like, it's like, it's like we were born into these like labels, right? Like there's these, what are the gender announcements when people get, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Is it called a gender? I forgot. I I don't remember what it's called. Gender, gender reveal. Reveal. Yeah. That's the gender announcement. I was like, wait, what is it? Yeah. Gender Gender reveal. reveal. But like, it's like we were born into like whatever that was and everyone expects us to just conform to that. Uh, and I think, I mean, it seems like it's gotten better, at least like not everyone wants girls to be wearing pink and boys to be wearing blue. And I feel like even that was reversed historically. Um, but I think that's what makes it messy because like, I think at the end of the day, people would need to like look at each individual part of themselves and just allow that to be whatever it is. And even for you, like your outward expression may be like gender fluid or whatever it is. Um, And that's what has allowed you to live authentically, but it's like, everyone also needs to be, give them themselves that space, I think, to do like have that same attitude or mentality for all the other parts of themselves, other than just their outside, you know, presentation. Um, and I think, yeah, I think society's just what made that difficult or messy, um, because we yeah. all have into boxes, but yeah, I mean, I guess my takeaway is that I personally need to just continue exploring this and not worry about fulfilling other people's like requests for me to fill in the blanks that they want me to fill in when I don't really have anything to fill in. Like, I don't have, I don't know what to fill in. Um, Yeah. And I don't think you need to fill. I mean, it's easier said than done. Right. But I think, you know, you shouldn't feel pressured. No one should feel pressured to provide an answer when they are not sure themselves. mm -hmm. Um. And I get why people ask. Again, you want to create this inclusive mm-hmm. environment. Um, and you want people to feel like they have an ally if they yeah. were to reveal that they 
identify as transgender. Um, but I, I, but yeah, I, I, but I think it's, it's a journey that I think depending on your steps, you, it may be very easy for you to figure it out or it may be very difficult. Sometimes people have like that right conversation with the right person and it just, you know, clicks into place like mm-hmm. a Lego. <laughs> Like a Lego. I don't know why I thought Lego, but like a Lego. (laughs) (laughs) But like other people, you know, maybe they don't have the access. They don't have the expertise or they don't have people in their life with the expertise. And so they struggle a bit more. You know, I don't think any one journey is better than the other. It's just we all have our journey. And especially for us who identify as being queer in some way, I think you know, we have to answer this question for ourselves um, a lot more often than people who, I guess, identify solely as straight. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't have, a, I guess, a reason to question the binary because they fit, they already fit within it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any any other no. questions or final thoughts? I don't have any other final thoughts just be yourself like yeah you know i life is too short i'm so over it um <laughs> i really just can't <laughs> i think at the end of the day i don't care what you know is between your legs what is it between your leg i especially if i'm not trying to have sex with you um <laughs> you know I don't care what your pronouns are as long as you're a decent human being because people who fit the binary who identify as, I guess, their assigned gender at birth can be assholes. And honestly and truly, I don't want to deal with those motherfuckers at all. So (laughs) I would much rather deal with people who are kind and nice regardless of their gender. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I don't care. and I hope that everyone else can grow to a place where they don't care either. <laughs> My final thoughts are much more superficial. Maybe it's getting late. I think I might've worked too hard today, but my final thought is I just can't wait for the technology to come out where I can grow facial hair and be like <laughs> the filter. No, uh, <laughs> you can be your Desi daddy all day. Yeah. I just need to grow a square jawline yeah. while I'm there too. But anyway. Oh my God. <laughs> Such a good filter. Oh. I hope you guys have seen this filter on Mona. It was so good. That filter feels like home. It's amazing. Um, Just like my other filters, I don't use them all the time, but the ones where it gives me like lashes and, um, you know, a beat face. I love that filter. Yeah. I remember you did the filter where there it was like the what is it the moon face I forgot what is it called the moon face I don't remember it was the one where there's like a lot of Botox in the cheeks oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that one too <laughs> uh, I hate that uh, well I hate it on me I guess it looked fine on you I um, low key want you know to get my lips done uh, do it. I'm about to. I mean, I work in a full dermatology clinic where we have fillers, but I just don't want to pay for it. <laughs> I, 
and I don't want it to look crazy. So. Oh yeah. We talked about this. I was going to ask what's stopping you, but I think it was because you, if it doesn't look the way you right. look, you're going to. I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. And then, I mean, you could just get it dissolved though, but then you, yeah, never mind. It's like money, right? That you're destroying. Yeah. It's just like money, money. And I'm like, ugh. So I do everything else around it. So. <laughs> but we'll yeah. See. But in any case, to follow Preston's journey with potentially getting lip filler, you should mm. follow him at Charming Preston or at Flex and Preston. Yes, to follow sir. me and my journey <laughs> in exploring mm-hmm. <laughs> facial hair technology. Um, you should follow me at Viscoda or the Bubbling PhD. I haven't been posting on either, to be honest, but maybe that'll change. I'm in a rut. I'm in a, it's hard. a rut. Um, but otherwise, you should follow Unanthropologetic Podcast, where both of those things will be available if we ever figure it out or get lip filler um we'll be sure to post there not be out here sucking all types of dick okay (laughs) so (laughs) don't let me get lip fillers it's over for (laughs) (laughs) y'all he says the stuff with a straight face (laughs) his fiance is probably like literally sitting in the corner be like what what's going on he'll be no you are um He'll be right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if you want to come on and, and talk to us about your uh, your identity surrounding your pronouns or lack mm-hmm. of pronouns or mm-hmm. your identity not fitting into the box, you should definitely come on and do that because I think having these conversations actually helps me as a person continue um, evolving and kind of figuring out who I am because I I feel like that's going to be a life journey for me. Um, but yeah, I'm not unhappy about that. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, I would, I would love the inspo. I would love, um, you know, to bounce ideas or, or, you know, I thoughts or theories off of other people's minds. I think that'd be Absolutely. great. Um, and otherwise you should follow this podcast or sorry you should subscribe uh rate and comment on this podcast on apple on the apple platform um and otherwise till next time take care thanks